This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. One hour in, one hour to go. Let's talk some more football. Let's keep it sportsy here, right? Yep. Top 10 list of quarterbacks that you can get either through via via trade, free agency, or NFL draft. All right. At top of the list, we have Nick Foles, followed by Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, which is a draft prospect, RG3, Tyrod, or Tyrod Taylor, Kyler Murray, Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones. So let's just talk about at least the five since it's a lane. What, do you, uh, what are your thoughts on Nick Foles going forward, or, or even Bridgewater? Throw both of them out there. Who... Do you think Bridgewater still has something to offer? Man, I, you're probably asking the wrong guy for Bridgewater. I'm probably the most down on him out of anybody I listen to in sports media. I, I, ever since, remember, he had that pro day where he was he was terrible and it really hurt his draft stock. I've just I don't I don't think he's great. I don't think he's that good. I think he's a I think he's a, a backup. I think he's a career backup. I'm just I'm not a big Teddy guy, and you know after his leg fell off. You know, who knows how the injury stuff is going to work for him going forward. I, I just never saw him as a, you know, a big arm kind of dude that, you know, could, could make a difference. I, I would rather go with Nick Foles. And, you know, I'm not sure I I see him as being, you know, like a, a franchise quarterback. I think he's at least, you know, he's played in some big games and played well. Will Nick Foles be a starter? I think he will because he's going to command the amount of money that you, you would pay a starting quarterback. And, and I keep hearing Jacksonville for him, but man, they're up against the cap and he's going to cost a lot of money. They, they would have to do a lot of, you know, moving and shaking to fit him under their cap. So I, I know he's the popular name with that team. I just, I think logistically that might be a little tough. I think he might end up somewhere else. How about in the fifth spot? Another name that you you don't hear much, and it's probably uh, like you said, maybe a career backup now. Robert Griffin the yeah. third. Does he get a starting spot? Or yeah. uh, not a starting spot? Does he? Where did you know what I mean? Is he interesting? Obviously, I don't, I don't see him starting. But uh, is he an interesting guy to have as a backup? Yeah, I, I think he is, especially. You know, even you kind of hear maybe the Texans, you know, a spot for him as a backup. You know, maybe he can do, you know, some similar things that Deshaun Watson does. And he would make some sense. And, you know, I don't hate Brandon Whedon as much as a lot of other people do. I think he's a decent backup. But I might feel a little more comfortable with RG3 that, you know, it's at least he's got a little bit of upside. And we've seen him, you know, really do something in the NFL. I, I think that may be behind him, but maybe he could do it for, you know, two or three games. Maybe if, you know, your quarterback has an ankle injury and, you know, maybe they miss two or three games, maybe RG3 could win you a couple of those. Terod Taylor, a, a name that gets forgotten because coming yeah. into the season, remember, he, he, he it was a fight between him and Baker. And I guess Baker mania was so tough that it erased him, but that's still a good serviceable yeah. quarterback, and I mean, he I like has him the, better. I like yeah. him being able to extend plays with his legs, and he's he's decently accurate. So, but would he does he want to do that? I bet he feels like he could be one of the starters in the league. You know, is he cool with you know holding a clipboard? I don't know. 
It just I don't see many teams though that he can just go ahead and just be the starter right off the top because it showed that he couldn't even beat Baker out of the position or was it just he was doomed from the start it was going to be Baker's and no matter what it was just a matter of time but I mean well, Baker the reach I think, was short I think Baker got good a little faster than they thought maybe you know I think we saw we talked about it last week the, the PFF rankings for quarterbacks and I think I think Baker ended up in the top ten out of all the quarterbacks as a rookie you know so I think he he surprised some people and. I think that that might be the case for me if I was uh, if I was Tyrod Taylor. Maybe Carolina makes some sense. You know, if Cam's coming back from that shoulder and you know he has to miss part of the season, if you know maybe Tyrod Taylor can win you a few games, and when Cam's ready to come back, they're not out of the playoffs. That would make some sense to me. How about Mister Steal Your Girl? I mean, Mister Steal Your Spot, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> because he will steal your spot real quick if you have a bad game. It's crazy yeah. that. The, whenever you have Fitzpatrick on your bench, it's like the leash is shorter on your starter because you know you have him. And he'll go out there and, and with nothing to lose mentality and just rip it. Yeah, so, no doubt, is he somebody that at thirty six years old you look to maybe have? If you, I mean, obviously, if you, you're never going to start him uh, right now, I don't think he, many places he's going to go as a starter. But as a good backup, he's got to be. A, I don't know, Andrew. Don't you think like Fitzy's probably the best backup in the league, right? If if you're a team, don't you think he would be the the highest ranked backup? He can go win you a couple games. He's got to be up there. Yeah, you know he has to be. Now, if you need him to play more than two games, that's a whole nother issue. Right. But as a stopgap guy, there aren't too many people in the league that you would rather have on your team than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I agree, and I I heard Jameis Winston. He, he did an interview, and he he kind of talked about it that when Fitzpatrick was on his run, that he had to just kind of just stay cool and not really say anything because Fitzpatrick was earning those snaps. He was playing great. And Jameis Winston knew that, you know, he'd screwed up a little bit and, and Fitz was playing well. So he, he stayed down during that time. And then, you know, what always happens with Fitzpatrick, the sample size gets bigger and he kind of becomes the guy that you knew he always was. But, you know, that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about just a guy that, that you want to get on your team. I would love it if the Texans got Fitzpatrick back as a backup. All right. He knows so, the system, too. Sticking with the same subject but different position, that quarter, those quarterbacks need pass catchers, right? Yep. So Brown leads the list, but then you have Deshaun Jackson, Golden Tate, Terrell Williams, John Brown, Marquise Brown, uh, draft prospect, D- DK Metcalf, the big boy, D- a draft prospect, yep. Funches, Robbie Anderson, and Moncrief. So let's talk. Let's start at Ooh. 10 and work our ways down. So Moncrief, what do you, how do you feel about him? I liked him a lot better a few years ago. It just he's really dealt with some injuries, and then what he went to what Jacksonville, I think, last year, and not exactly the elite type passing game that's going to showcase a wide receiver. But I mean, I liked him when he came out, but as time has gone by, I, Moncrief's kind of fallen off for me. I kind of feel like if he hasn't done it by now, is it ever going to happen? Yeah. Now you have Robbie Anderson, three seasons with the Jets, 155 catches, uh, yeah. 2,280 yards. That's 14.7 yards per reception. He's he's dangerous, right? He's I, the guy on that list, Jerry. That it, like my ears perked up when he said his name. Yeah, I, I like him. Uh, I like him quite a bit. I think in the right. I mean, don't don't get me wrong though. He comes with off field concerns though, yes. and that's what I think has in, landed him on the Jets. You know what I mean? Because his off-field concerns. But now that teams seen have seen what he can bring, do the are they are they more of of a likely to take a gamble on someone like that? Because 
or like the six through six, seven, eight on this are all prospects, and then the, the drop off to there would be somebody like John Brown. Uh, I like him too. Yeah, John Brown, Golden Tate. And uh, Deshaun Jackson, that's the, the the rest of the top guys other than Antonio Brown. How do you feel about John Brown? Because I don't think the the Ravens suits him anymore because he's a long ball guy. Yep. And Lamar Jackson is the opposite of that. So I think he needs somewhere where he can excel. Where they, I mean, he's had he also had he had eleven receptions for twenty plus yards and four for forty yards. I would love him here with the Texans because he does kind of that Will Fuller thing, right? And maybe he can be on the field a little more. Now, I believe John Brown has the sickle cell thing that he deals with. And, yeah. you know, like when he goes to Denver, you know, he wasn't able to play. And and they feel like, uh, I guess, just the climate in Baltimore was a good fit for him. He didn't really have many issues this year. I would hope that would be the case here. But Robbie Anderson or John Brown, they can both get the deep ball. I would love to see those guys with the Texans. It's crazy. Now that you talk deep ball, a lot of these guys are the deep ball threats because you have Jackson, not too many uh, possession receivers. Yeah. I say, look, Jackson, you have Terrell Williams, deep ball, Brown, deep ball, Robbie Anderson, deep ball, Pat. Yeah. Pat so it's going to be interesting, and not to forget the DK Metcalf. I know everyone has seen the pictures going around, and I mean, he looks like the Incredible Hulk <laughs> out there. Does. I don't know how he, he's even going to get his arms down, but uh, it's. I guess we'll see what's going, what's going to happen going forward. Like, I guess Antonio Brown leads the way, and he, sure. but I don't know if he'll be the first one to, to go off this list because he's going to be so hard to to deal with as and far the as money. Yeah, so I, I mean, Golden Tate's out there. Golden Tate's a, a, a great slot he possession is. guy. I wouldn't mind having him. He yeah. was. I mean, let's think about what Golden Tate was in Detroit. He was in a he was in a three way battle over there. Yeah. So I want to see him maybe be in a two guy. And I don't think he really got that chance on. Uh, the, it, by the time he got with the Eagles, they already had their stuff going, and they used uh, the, the tight ends a lot. So it didn't seem like. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had the big score down the way. I think it was in the first playoff game. Yeah. Uh, but. I, th- I want to see him more of as a solid two. Yeah. He I, needs that kind of attention, I believe. I agree, man. He'd be great opposite Hopkins. I, that'd be something I would I would, I would would like to see. I think he's around 30, though. So I, I just want the Texans to really focus on this next, like, two-year window, you know, where, where we got J.J., the, the tail end of it, the good part of his career. Watson is becoming the dude. Hopkins is in his prime. That's why right now I want to see the Texans go all in. This upcoming week – will be the Combine, NFL Combine. By the time we speak next week, a lot of it will have already already ran. So we'll get into a little bit of the prop bets that are being offered and see if we can find any angles. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Jerry Bowe, Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson with you today. Beautiful Sunday. Nice to see the sun out. And... uh, 
the combine's right around the corner. This is what happens when you get to the end of February. March is coming. You're you're getting ready for some Astros baseball. Rockets are are getting going, and man, you also got the combine coming up. And the cool thing about the combine is you can bet on that, right, Jerry? And Jerry's a guy I know that every once in a while he will get down on some gambling action. Just you know, every <laughs> once in a while he he will place a bet. And some of the stuff you can bet on, wherever you bet on it, my bookie, whatever, you can bet on some of the combine action. So Jerry's got some of these props here. So we're going to see if we can go through them and find some free money laying around. So what do you got for us, Jerry? What do you see in there? So I'll name out some out, and y'all tell me we'll go over or under. So Kyler Murray is set at the 40-yard dash time over or under 4.37. Over being minus 220, so they're basically saying that it should he should be slower. Um, do you think he'll run under four three seven? Now, keep in mind, there's some things. The last time that Murray ran the forty yard dash, he said he did it at four three. The only problem with that, it was in 2017 spring training, which is taken manually, not electronically. A hand timed forty isn't worthless, but it's less precise. Yep. Now they're setting at four three seven. So if he was told that he ran a four three manually, maybe it was more of a four three five. Whew. Man, that is fast. I mean, fast. Like, I'd almost bet my house that he's going to go over on that, man. Like, guys don't just run four threes very often. I know he's not that big a dude, but I'm going over. What do you guys think? I mean, at the quarterback position? Yeah. It's insane, right? He's got some of the quickest feet I've ever seen for a quarterback coming out of college. But to put money on a quarterback, a quarterback running in the four threes. I mean, I know RG3 did it at the combine, but... I don't think Lamar Jackson hit the four threes, did he? No. Yeah. He was in the four fours, I believe. Yeah. I mean, so, that's – so I think Vic was in the four – like a four four flat, I believe. Somebody uh, – some people are saying that they don't think he'll run it. And some are saying they don't even know – they'll be surprised if he runs the 40 at the combine at all. Of course. Now, Reggie McNeil is the only other quarterback to run the 40-yard dash under four three seven. In 2006, he hit the four three five mark. Robert Griffin is the second all in, at four four one. Ooh, and that was the former Aggie quarterback, right? Exactly. Neil, yeah, and he he was fast, and yeah, that 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 is just lightning speed. I think that's a good point. Is he really going to run it at the combine? Because when you're considered like a top five type pick, you usually don't have to participate in a lot of those drills, and typically you run a faster one at your pro day because of the surface. To your point, that it's it's a hand time forty. It makes a lot of sense that he just sit it out and run it at his pro day. Another name that's that's big with as far as quarterbacks coming out, Dwayne Haskins. Now you have his uh, best forty at four seven one four point seven one, with the over that being minus five hundred. So they're for sure saying that he's not. If you go in under, you get three to one on your money. Now you say, well, let's. I know. I know. Stephen A. Smith said he's a runner. <laughs> he's a running quarterback, Jerry. But he only had one hundred and eight yards rushing in two thousand eighteen. Six foot three, two twenty doesn't do him any kind of favors. Running. Running. So, you ask yourself, other quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, he didn't run one. Uh, 6.3 yards per carry, though, he had in college. He reported a 4.34. Josh Allen ran a 4.75, 3.2 yards per carry in college. Sam Darnold, 4.8. He ran 2.4 yards per carry. Josh Rosen, 4.9. So, if they're sending him at 4.71 and the five, it's juice minus 500, then it's for, they're saying they're almost guaranteeing you it's going over. So, Dwayne Haskins, 
whether Stephen A. Smith wants to admit it or not, has got the the running abilities of Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, and he's not anything Lamar Jackson like. Well, maybe Stephen A. Smith thinks he's he's a Tebow guy, right? Like he's he's a power runner. He's not one of those scat back quarterbacks. He, he's a power guy like Tebow, and Stephen A. Smith knows his quarterbacks, Jerry. So we're gonna have to go with that. Now let's switch position to the Incredible Hulk, the guy that's been <laughs> you've been seeing him going around his picture online. Yep, when DK Metcalf. His 40 time, 4.59, plus 300 if it goes over, minus 500 under. So they're saying it's going to go, he's going to run faster than a 4.5. At that, I mean, you saw how big he is. I did. You know, I heard Lance Zerline on the other day, and he said he thinks this guy's going to light up the combine. Like, he's expecting him to to run really well. So, And Lance knows his stuff. He watches these guys. So I'm going to trust Lance on this one. I'm going to take the under. I. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the four fours. And a dude that jacked up running in the four fours, he's going to go early in the draft, man. It's crazy, though, right? Because, look, check it out. Six four, six fours, 230. You, 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 I mean, so then you say, who's another big guy? And sometimes you forget that how big Mike Evans is. Yeah. He's 6'5", 231. So if you think Metcalf is big, you better rearrange some things for a guy that he, Mike Evans ran a four five three. At that big, you know what I mean? At, yeah. At, at, with that size. So another person that, when we're going just off size, obviously Jeff Driscoll is not a receiver, but he ran at 6'4", 234. He ran a 4'5". If I remember right, Calvin Johnson was in the 230s, and he ran in the, like a 4'35", if I remember, in somebody else's shoes. Remember, that was like the big story from the <laughs> yeah. combine. So, like, we've seen this before. You don't see it very often, but typically – like those are the guys that are the elite dudes that can run like that and are that big. You know, I just think of the you know the Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson year. Like that was some amazing stuff. I mean, it wasn't the same year, I don't believe, but there's similar type players, big guys that can just run. Next week, uh, I spoke to Cody Stutes. He's going to be out there, I believe, and uh, he said he's going to be getting a lot of audio. So maybe we can get a couple players that we have on our radar and yeah. maybe hear some interviews directly. So uh, yeah, we. Uh, be uh, looking out for uh, some content coming from the Combine from Cody Stoops this upcoming week. No, that'll be great. And uh, I'll hit up Lance, too. I know he's going to be there. I'll see if we can get him to, to, to give us a little bit of insight on exactly, you know, all the stuff. All those guys get together and talk at the Combine, right? And they, you know, they... They kind of know what's going to happen. They hear things like Jerry right here is is leaking out the expected times and, and the different measurements. All these guys get together and talk. We'll see if we can get a little bit of inside information either from Cody or Lance. And I mean, we'll at least have some stuff to talk about next week because the forty yard dash is just fun, man. It, it, you know, I like watching Rich Eisen run the forty yard dash. That's one of my favorite parts of the combine is watching him get out there in his suit, and then they superimpose the the other athletes running on top of him, and they give him like a, a head start of like half the race, and then you just see all the prospects just smoke him in the last ten yards. It's fun to watch. Speaking of, it goes by hashtag Run Rich Run. Yep. So he does it as a charity thing. He supports the St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. The biggest takeaways from Eisen's lately, he's been training hard, he says. <laughs> he bet. feels good. He says he figured out a different way to run. He says you have to basically, when you come out of, of, the, of, the, of the stance, you know, he says basically you're running, you feel like you're falling forward the whole time. And he said he was getting too upright. Oh. So he says 
I forget how much of the yard. He said for like a few steps, it feels like you're basically falling forward is the way you're supposed to do it. So they say he ran six 40-yard dashes on Tuesday and, quote, it's the get out. You can't pop up too soon. Is there, yeah. is there a number? He had a picture uh, of his fastest time, 4.94. Ooh. Now, the time is set for six seconds over under. Last year, 6.05. So they lowered it. Um, uh, his original 40 yards dance, uh, dash times were horrendous. His first time, 6.34. He ran a 6. Uh, between 2005 and nine. he ran from a 6.3 to a 6.7. So, so what's the number? Is there one we can bet on for this year? Yeah, over or under 6. Last year, it was set at 6.05. He ran okay. a 6.02.1. This year, uh, I'm sorry, he ran a 5.97. So they they, uh, they lowered it. So he's he's progressed. I mean, he started, let's say, in 2010, he's ran a 6.2. And starting in 2017, 6.02. 2018, a 5.97. The man is improving. He's got a good strategy. I'm taking the under. <laughs> I'm taking I'm, the under, yeah. I mean, you hang out with Deion Sanders enough, you're going to get faster, right? I mean, just saying. <laughs> but again, these are just some fun bets, and uh, it's welcome to the world we live in now, where you can bet on anything, even <laughs> Rich Eisen. But I love how he does it every year, and it's for a good cause. So I definitely will be watching it, and definitely will be betting it. Hey, man, it makes the combine a little more exciting. You get a little action on it, right? Yeah, I'm seeing a picture right here of him right now, just in full. I mean, he's out there in the full suit. He's full out, suit. yeah, he's in a suit uh, running. So. Stay tuned that for this. Uh, stay tuned for that this week as Rich Eisen will try to run it under six seconds. Maybe we can ask Lance and Cody Stutes if they have any inside information on what Rich Eisen's running on his test runs at the combine. <laughs> so we, we got eyes and ears everywhere, guys. So anyway, we're up against it. We'll be right back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. SPS 97.5. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. They said this is 90s night, so they brought out a 2000 artist. <laughs> but my album came out in 99, so I guess that counts. Sanchez, we ready? Are we ready? I guess not. And that is one fire festival head jaw rule at the 90s night for the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, how embarrassing <laughs> is that? Who invited him? Like, who, whose idea was it, especially with everything that's going on with the fire festival documentaries? Who in the would be what PR guy was like, man, jaw rule is going to get the people hype. Like. That's like the guy that did Vanilla Ice that one time yeah. here for the Texans. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> it's so true, right? But 
if there was ever a time to book Ja Rule, it's got to be now because he he hasn't been brought up in the media in years until this whole fire festival thing. So yeah, I guess if you're going to pull out the Ja Rule, this is the timing to do it. I think the fans forgot about him a little bit there because. Man, crickets! That, that video is hilarious, man. I was I couldn't stop laughing just seeing the the and the look on his face. You know, he, yes, he extends it. Are we ready? No, is this thing no. on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what he's thinking. It, it, I mean, that it's embarrassing. It, it's terrible. And speaking of washed up d bags, have you seen this thing about Jose Canseco and how you can go hunt Bigfoot with him? <laughs> no. Yes, th- this is an actual thing. For $5,000, you can go hunt Bigfoot with Jose Canseco. This came. This story came out like a week ago, so if you've heard it, oh well, sorry. We're going to get into this a little bit. So yeah, that's what Jose Canseco is up to now, is he plans excursions where people, for the right amount of money, can go either try and chase down Bigfoot, aliens, or both. So, yeah, this is an actual thing. He tweeted this out. Come spend the day with me and my alien buddies, and I'll show you Bigfoot and real aliens. <laughs> Call Morgan at, and he lists the phone number. So here's the thing. The Huffington Post actually called the listing phone number, and there's a recorded message. <laughs> and it says, spend the weekend with Jose for 5000 cash. Only five lucky, lucky, yeah, right, individuals will get a golden ticket. Oompa Loompas ain't got nothing on Bigfoot. Travel in a custom RV to authentic alien sightings and proven Bigfoot habitats, camp out in the wild, tell stories, and maybe, key word there, meet a real Bigfoot. You never know what's going to happen with Mr. Conseco. Food included. Only serious inquiries, please. I will book your flights to Vegas and set itineraries. This is a thing. I mean, how 2019 is this, that you go on Twitter to go hunt Bigfoot with a former Bash brother, and hang out with Jose Canseco and, and look for Bigfoot and aliens. And my question is, too, what do you do if you find them? You know, like, do you just send Canseco over there with a bat to take on Bigfoot and smack him? I mean, well, we know he's going to have plenty of roids in his system to, to take down somebody the size of Bigfoot. But, I mean, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I needed a – this is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yes. oh, he's lost his mind. Yes. He's lost his mind, but – this is who he is, though. Like, <laughs> it is. I, I had to go look up of uh, the top, the worst moments. I guess we'll call them top moments. We're going to call them the worst moments when it comes to Conseco. He has plenty of them. I mean, you talked about Bigfoot. On March, on May 26, 2009, Conseco made his MMA debut against a seven foot two kickboxer, Hong Mai Choi, right? In fact, the fight was so ugly that Choi knocked Conseco out in a minute 17 mark into the fight. That's a big man, Conseco said, and I ran into one of his left jabs. Knocked me out. You know how you had no idea how scary that was. <laughs> He's a joke. I mean, he did celebrity boxing in 2008, where he fought a football player for 30k. <laughs> it's like when you think of Canseco, what's the first thing you think? That blooper, that that ball that bounced yes. off him. Like, <laughs> did you see? Like everybody's tweeting now because of this Bigfoot stuff. They're like, that ball must have done more damage than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, I don't know what to think of him because whenever I looked at this list, the number one moment of Conseco is the snitch. You know, whenever he came yeah. out with the with the vindicated and and he started just snitching on everybody. So I guess if you can't beat him, join him, or you joined him, and I, I don't know, I don't know what is. At the, <laughs> no, I mean seriously, he's like he should be on Doctor Phil or something like that. Like his his. 
total career path has changed. That's a good point. Once he snitched on everybody with the steroids, he'll do anything to get his name out there. And it makes you wonder, like, does he really need the money? He has to if he's charging random people $5,000 to go camping with him, essentially. I mean, it's unbelievable. We're definitely in 2019. You can go camping with Jose Canseco and look for UFOs. That, that's an actual thing. I'm not making that up. This is, this is who we are now, Jerry. How did this happen? How do we get to here? I don't know, but let's get to a winner then. Right. Let's get off of Jose Canseco right, for a second. It. Let me take you to Spain, Levante, Real Madrid. Go to Spain on that menu and go ahead and click the over. Four out of the last five between these two teams have gone oh, three or over. In four of those five games, both teams have scored. Now, Real Madrid is coming off a loss to Girona uh, they, where they lost two to one. And then uh, they, before that, they were in the Champions League. Looking at Levante, they're coming off a four one to win against Celta Vigo. Look for Levante get on the board, but I see Real Madrid at least scoring two, making this a free roll at three. Hit the over three. Boom. Jerry's going to drop. How many more picks you got? We, we only got a little bit of time left in the show. Maybe. We'll drop them one, uh, one or two more in the next segment, and then the rest of it you'll find on Sports Map. And like, as soon as I get home from here, forty-five minute drive, I'm, I'm, I'm unloading free uh, live bets all day. So just, it, it's going to be a long day today for sure. We have a few NBA games, some, some soccer to get to. So it's plenty of spots to get some action in. There you have it. So, guys, get over to SportsMap at SportsMap HOU and at Jerry Bonos because you do a lot of live gambling advice, right? In the middle, in the middle of the game, and you're just going to drop that stuff on Twitter, right? So, they should follow you, Jerry Bonos, always, almost any game. This is what Jerry wakes up in the morning to do. So, if you're watching any big game and you're kind of flipping around on your phone, you're on Twitter, go check Jerry's Twitter timeline. He's probably giving you some plays, right, my man? For sure. Let's go ahead and hit another one. Let's go ahead and hit this Clippers-Denver game. I see that Denver scores four more points per game at home. Their field goal percentage is about 3% better. Now you look at the Clippers' road defense to at home. Regular defense, they allow 113. Road defense, they allow two points more. And the field goal percentage is about three points. So look for Denver, a team that averages right around that 116 to get to that 120 range in a game that uh, offers pace. Clippers are a top 10 team in pace. Uh, uh, and I like them going. Uh, this game's going to be a back and forth for me. And eventually, with the with the altitude, that thin air, that second half, it tends to get blown open. I like the over in this game. Go ahead and hit the team total on Denver to score over 220 points. There you have it, guys. Get it in. I, I'm sorry, 120. Whoa, oh. not, 120 on Denver, not 220, not for the game. 220 so points, Jerry. <laughs> 120. People are looking like, whoa, what's the juice on this? No, uh, 120. And again, the total has gone over in five of the Clippers' last six games. They're an over team. Denver likes to get out and run, especially at home. Look for them to, whenever you get a team that plays into your strength and the Clippers aren't going to be scared to back off, go ahead and hit that. Again, the, the four out of the last five road games over, and like I said, five of the six just overall of the Clippers games have gone over. Good look for that game to have plenty of scoring. There you have it. Really quickly, we this happened a little earlier in the week, but we haven't talked about this yet. So I just I want to get both of you guys in on this. Did you see this Fox Sports tweet ranking Houston as the worst NFL city 
out of the entire NFL. I don't. I didn't see it, but I don't even see how that can be possible. Yeah, they. It, and it wasn't like an article or anything. Like I did some research, and it was really just like a, a graphic and a tweet from Fox Sports. They ranked Houston as the worst NFL city, and there's some other ones on there that make some sense, like Jacksonville and, and the Tennessee Titans are on there too. I find it kind of funny. It's most of the AFC South is on that list, right? Are we considered one of the best tailgates, though? Yes, like, that's what's peculiar, right? I don't understand that. I don't understand that one bit. I don't either. And I mean, I did see a little bit of, you know, it felt like Houston was kind of like, here we go again with the Texans, nine and seven. Maybe they win the division. And, you know, of course, they got on that, that huge run and they finished better than that. But that kind of surprises me because, you know, look at Jacksonville. I mean, they put like tarps on part of their stadium because they know that not that many people are going to show up. Last time I checked, the Texans have like a waiting list for season tickets. Every game is sold out. So I just find it really peculiar that they're going to list Houston as the worst NFL city. And, and there's nothing really to back it up. I'm just kind of I'm wondering, like, how did they how they came up with that? I mean, what do you guys think as far as Houston is? I mean, we're Texas. We're football. We love our football, right? I mean, maybe it's come down a little bit the last couple of years. I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? Like the, It feels like people in, maybe they don't love Bill O'Brien. Maybe that kind of has something to do with it. I mean, there's there's been a lot of apathy around the team for the past couple of years now. It doesn't really make sense to me. You know, we've got a superstar young quarterback in Deshaun Watson. We've got some yep. exciting pieces in DeAndre Hopkins, J.D. Clowney, yeah. J.J. Watt on the defense. So even though there has been some apathy, I think because of Bill O'Brien and people just legitimately hate him. Yeah, that's weird. But even then, I think it's really harsh to just say Houston's the worst football city in America. That's that's ludicrous to me. I agree. Do you think people would pay $5,000 to go hunt Bigfoot with Bill O'Brien? I think they might pull a Dick Cheney if they're Texans fans. But hey, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Accidente. <laughs> That's funny, man. No, I just I found it peculiar. I, I was just like, really, Houston, the worst football city. I I don't. I mean, I would, you know, maybe it would have been Cleveland, right? And until Baker got there, you would think the Browns. I, I know they 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 like their Browns, but they've been terrible for so long. You know, maybe Jacksonville is definitely up there, but I, I just thought it was strange. I it feels like a lot of Texans fans. Maybe they're not all at the game, but they buy the tickets to the game. And maybe that's just more proof that maybe there is something going on. Maybe they do need to go all in, like make a splash in free agency, do something exciting. So we'll see. But that's, it's a strange report. And it's not even a report. It was just a graphic and a tweet. Once again, we keep talking about, hey, it's 2019. You know it's 2019 when you just say, like, oh, Houston's the worst NFL city. Oh, why do you say that? I don't know. Just felt like saying it. Thought I'd tweet it out. Like, but you're Fox Sports. You're not just some guy. Apparently, it doesn't matter anymore. All right, guys, we're up against it. we got one more segment for you. Jerry's going to drop some more plays. So if you want to make some money today, you're going to want to stick around. You're listening to Moneyline. We'll be right back. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline97.5. Is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. 
We are back. You are listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Here with my man, Jerry Bow at Jerry Bow Knows on Twitter. At Hyped Up Andrew, we got Andrew Carlson behind the glass doing an excellent job filling in for our man Cam today. So thank you, Andrew, for doing that. So this is our final segment. I did want to hit on this real quick. We're, we're talking a little bit of Texans there. You know, the compensatory picks got released just the other day, and it's the first time in a long time I can remember the Texans aren't getting any. So we're just going to have to, you know, the Texans are going to have to do with, you know, what they have. No extra picks coming through the door. Now they do have an extra second as part of that uh, Dwayne Brown deal. So the Texans have a little extra draft capital. Also remember, though, they did give up a fourth for the Demarius Thomas trade. So, you know, it, they're in a good spot, but they're not in a great spot. But it's kind of funny how, you know, the, the rich keep getting richer. You know, guess what team is awarded with some of the most picks? Yeah, your New England Patriots, they're going to keep doing what they do. Man, they're even getting a third rounder. So, man, they actually two third rounders. They're getting one at 97 overall and one at 101 overall. So, man, I think we could see the Patriots maybe doing a little little shaking, a little moving during the draft and, and really loading up here. So, But unfortunately, Texans, they're just going to have to stick with what they got. No picks coming through the door. I don't like to hear Patriots and I know you know, that just makes me sick still. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, when does it stop? It does. It just doesn't stop. It, it, you know, I hear rumors that like maybe they would trade for Josh Rosen because they have all this extra draft capital and, you know, maybe as a plan for Brady moving on. And if the Arizona Cardinals are really interested in Kyler Murray, it might make sense that they move Rosen and get him out of there, pick up some something in return. And the, the Patriots have a plan other than Brian Hoyer for when Tom Brady hangs it up. Here's the plan as far as making money. Ooh, Spurs, Knicks. Live from the Garden tonight. The New York Knicks defense at home, they allow 113. The San Antonio Road offense averages 111. That puts you right around the mark. The only bad thing here is the offensive side for the Knicks, where they only average 105. So if just by averages, you're going to be short about four or five points. So you say, why am I on the over? Because San Antonio is 13 and 34, straight up 19 and 28 against the spread on the road over the last past calendar year, right? There are only five teams that are worse on the road than them. That's the Bulls, Knicks, Grizzlies, Mavericks, and Suns. So look at the kind of people they have uh, attending their parties. Interesting thing here is, though, is they struggle on the road, but the over is 32 and 13 at 71% to the over, going over by 6.8 points per game. Why? That's, that's what we're trying to figure out because Greg Popovich usually makes sure that they end those road trips really strong. The last two games out of road trips that are five games or longer, they're 27 and 19. They win 58.7% of the time. So my theory and my thinking here is a team that is 0.9 net rating overall, but on the road, they're a minus 4.6. Why? Because they dropped from 17th to 28th in a defensive rating. I look for them to cover like they usually do or put up a good performance as they usually do because they're 9-0 in this spot dating back to February 2015. 9-0 in this spot at the end of a road trip. Now their defense is still going to have those struggles that they've had for over the last calendar year. Expect the Knicks to get over that 105, helping the total get there. I look for it to be around that 118 to 120 range to about 110, 107, getting you the cash. There you have it, guys. Jerry's making you some money today. And 
speaking of the NBA, just real quickly, did you see this Skip Bayless thing talking about Manu Ginobili was better than Akeem Olajuwon? Boy, I almost fell out of my that? seat. I almost fell out of my seat when that man said that. I said, what in the world? Oh, don't get me wrong. Ginobili's Ginobili. Sure. Um, but but the dream is he's on a whole nother level. I mean, he, he, I, I can't see. I mean, you saw what Shannon. Look, I mean, you, he looks at him like, yeah. "What?" You, he told him something to get out or yeah. something. <laughs> he said, "I'm about to get you out the building or something yeah. like that." I mean, I think at this point he just fires off just random things because there's no way you can say that with a straight face. No, I mean, unless you're just counting rings. I mean, that, that's really the only way you could you could make that argument. And if you guys want to check it out on Sports Map, I thought Joel Blank he did a nice it, article, yeah. just kind of laying out all all of the dream stats and Ginobili and. You know, basically Joel's takeaway is it's it's a compliment to Ginobili, but it's you know it's a slap in the face to Akeem Olajuwon. You know, and I I'll be honest, we're honest on the show with each other, right? Yeah. We can tell each other our, our things and and our guilty pleasures. I like watching Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon. I, I I'm admitting it here, guys. I'm telling you the truth. The hot takes. Yes, yeah. yes. And here's the key, though. I have to watch it on DVR because I have to be able to fast forward through the nonsense. Because trust me, there's plenty of it. But I I like watching the show. I, I watched first take two. I like watching Stephen A. Smith say ridiculous crap and get paid millions of dollars to say it. You know, it 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 interests me. And, and if you've noticed, it's every show, right? Like how many shows now are just two guys like arguing with each other and going back and forth and playing some highlights in the background? You know, you got Nick Wright doing it with Chris Carter now, and I mean, every show has you know even the herd with Colin Cowherd is you know he brings on guests and they kind of do the same thing. So there's something to it, like. We watch this stuff or it wouldn't be on TV. But, like, Skip's getting to the point now where, you know, he used to be, like, a credible journalist like a million years ago. Not really the case anymore. But now he just says stuff. I think he plays favorites. You know, it's like yeah. anybody that's an Oklahoma Sooner, anybody that's, you know, a Dallas Cowboy, anybody that's on the Thunder. And, man, he has a grudge against Houston. I am telling you, man. It, 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 whether it's J.J. Watt, he always runs him down. Hakeem Olajuwon. But the one thing he likes, Deshaun Watson. Like that's the one like bulletproof Houston guy, and it's only because he said he would take Deshaun Watson first in that draft. So really, he just likes himself. He likes sticking up for his takes. It's not so much the players. Having Uncle Shannon up there is yeah. crazy because he gives him those looks like yes, what yes, he he's not going to shy away from it one bit, and he won't be overvoiced or anything on there. It's, it, it, you're right. I watch it at times just yeah. with a weird, but it's just sometimes it gets so out of hand. It's it's just especially with this one, for example. It's I don't think. He believes that in his own mind i mean how could you you know you could be the biggest ginobili fan in the world but over akeem elijah one like i don't know i mean you're a big rockets guy andrew does that do you feel like insulted when you hear stuff like that like everyone bleeds red i bleed rockets red yeah okay and that is incredibly insulting to akeem elijah one and don't get me wrong manu ginobili's for me surefire hall of fame player the dude was he's the epitome of the sixth man of the year. Like yep. he like that that award should be named after him 30 years from now. That's how impactful he was for the Spurs Spurs organization coming off the bench. But that's that's it. You know, he's a two-time All-Star. We're talking about one of arguably the 10 greatest players to ever step on the court. Ever. ever. And and you're comparing a great sixth man with a skill with a skill set that's never seen been seen before for a guy moving that big of a guy moving like the way yes. the dream did and 
I don't know. I just, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I mean, Joel nails it right here. Akeem, 12-time All-Star, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, two-time Finals MVP, one-time NBA Most Valuable Player, six-time All-NBA First Team, five-time All-Defense First Team, and All-Rookie First Team. I mean, like, that's Hakeem's resume. It's ridiculous. What'd you say? Ginobili was a two-time All-Star, I believe. Andrew? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> He's made the All-Star game two times. And that look, that's not to discredit Manu Ginobili, sure. who's had a fantastic career in his own right but you don't get to be compared to the dream you just don't no i i mean that's where like skips kind of like like he's just like grasping for stuff now he'll he'll throw anything out there because really who's there to hold him in check except for shannon so there you have it guys i just had to let all the rockets fans know that that's out there and it's it's insulting to the dream. It really is. What an insult. What a way to end the show right yeah. there with that insult to the dream. No doubt about it. But before we get out of here, any advice for this week, this week's slate of games, anything coming up, anything that the people should know about, Jerry, anything you're on that you haven't hit on yet? No, I gave them as far as today. I gave them that. And like again, the will life bet as soon as I, I get to, to my computer at home. And for the next few days, I'll uh, be listing a bunch of winners. So make sure you go to sports map and check out everything we have over there. No doubt about it, guys. All right. Another great show in the books. Uh, I thought Andrew did a great job. Thanks for stepping in, my man. Definitely killed it. So, yeah, we appreciate that. Cam, Cam is uh, on his way back from Selena Country, he says. So. <laughs> see, see, Poppy. And then next week we'll have uh, Holly on again. She'll have her segment again uh, from the Sideline Smack talk. So uh, be curious to see what she's got with uh, with all the, the stuff that's about to unfold in the NFL the next few weeks. Oh, no doubt about it. So, guys, definitely come back next week. Thanks for joining us today. For Josh, for Jerry, for Andrew, we'll see you next time. Peace. Seven five.